watching KCMI-TV. Well, I'm so glad you joined me, and uh, I think I have something that uh, really will help help you. I think it's helped me. Um, it's really a deep subject, so probably we're going to scratch the surface, but I want to take us on a journey through the scriptures. And I was just thinking about uh, the other day, and I, I mentioned this in our Sunday message. Uh, I want to talk to you about the power of the new birth. Because I think to some degree for us as believers, when we talk about new birth, it's it's almost a ethereal concept, and we don't really understand uh, what new birth means. And uh, the other day in prayer, I was just thinking about when Jesus was born, and the moment that he crowned and came out of that womb of Mary. I mean, here you had, you had got God coming into the earth in physical form for the very first time. And no wonder, you know, the angels lit up the heavens singing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill towards men because God had taken on a physical presence. And so uh, birth is very important to God. And, and let me just say this, I am thankful because we're talking about birth. I'm thankful for what God has done with Roe versus Wade. And uh, in prayer I, today, I was just telling God, because it's such a monumental thing that God has done, we need to thank God for it. We don't need to just take this in stride and say, well, you know, that's a good thing. This is something that God did for us. So I want to uh, start reading out of the book of John. And this is where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a good man. He's a follower of Christ. In verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. This is our key verse. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. That meant when he would double down there, he was saying, You need to listen to me because this is important. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And boy, this verse got a hold of me because God is saying here, he says, there has to be another birth. He says, you have to be born again. Of course, Nicodemus couldn't understand this. And he's saying, Do, how did we go back into my mother's womb? And the Lord said, no, you don't understand. He said, this is a spirit birth, a spiritual birth. And so uh, I if we're saying being born again, then we need to go back to the original birth to understand what God is saying here. So we go all the way back to the book of Genesis and uh, verse 27, it says that, in fact, let me, let me back up here because the very first thing that God does is he creates or he recreates the earth. The first thing he does is he restores the earth before he ever makes man. So he's preparing an atmosphere 
for man to be born into. The next thing that God does in Genesis 1 and 27, he says, let's create man in our own image and in our own likeness. God always intended for man to look like God and to have his nature. Uh, but when God starts the creation process, the scripture says that the first thing that he does is he creates Adam's body. Adam couldn't be born like you and me because there was no womb at that time. There was no woman that had been created. So God creates Adam, and one of the meanings for her is birthed. But man is birthed out of the word of God. God speaks Adam into existence, and when he speaks, the first thing he makes is Adam's body, and Adam is laying there, and then the second thing that God does is the Bible says God breathes into Adam the Ruah of God, the Spirit of God, and Adam becomes a living soul. And when you read in the scriptures, it talks about that God is in the garden. He dwells with man now, but he doesn't dwell in man. There's a huge difference here that we're going to pick up on. God is with Adam in the garden. He dwells with him. He walks with him. And then in Genesis, the 28th verse of chapter 1, God looks at Adam and he says, I'm giving you absolute authority over the earth, that there will not be anything living or breathing that moves on the earth that I am not giving you authority over. God told Adam this. He said, I want you to be fruitful, want you to multiply. And then he said this, I want you to subdue the earth. And that word subdue literally means take it by force. God says, subdue it and have dominion. He didn't say take dominion. He said have dominion. In other words, it's already here, partake of it. So God creates Adam and he gives him all of this and he's dwelling with Adam, and Adam is walking with God. And then we know the story that Adam has his conversation with, with the enemy. I, I'm not sure how the devil got inside of the garden because the scripture says that God created the earth, and he looks at it and he says it's good, and then it says he creates Adam, and then after he creates Adam, the Bible says he creates the Garden of Eden and puts Adam in it. I don't think God put the devil in there. Satan, God didn't put Satan in the garden. How did he get in there? Because the last part of this, the scripture says that the Lord told Adam, he said, I want you to keep the garden. The word keep there means guard. And this place of where God and Adam was going to be because it wasn't God's responsibility to guard the garden because he had already given that authority to Adam. He said, you have dominion. You have authority. He says, guard this garden. The only way the devil got in the Garden of Eden was Adam got lax. Somewhere he took for granted what he had, and when the enemy came in, 
Adam didn't realize that there was trouble. But Adam still has authority over Satan. Of course, we know that in this story, the devil approaches Eve and they begin to have conversation. And um, I thought about this because um, when they begin to have conversation and and the devil challenges what God has said. And Eve says, God says, if we eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil, we'll die. And of course, the enemy deceived them. And, and we know that they ate of the tree. This is so important. God dwelled with Adam, but he wasn't in Adam. And when the devil came to tempt Eve, God wasn't in her. He wasn't around. He, he was in the garden, but he wasn't there. So there wasn't that indwelling power. Their power was external. There wasn't that power in that said, or that voice that said, watch it, the enemy's here, and he's going to get you. And Eve fell into deception, the scripture says, and when you read this story, Adam and Eve were killed by a tree. They ate the fruit of a tree, and it killed them. And when it didn't kill them, natural life, because ultimately it did because we know that they fell into sin when they disobeyed. And the scripture says that God now looks at Adam and Eve, and the Bible says that he expels them from the garden. He left them. He didn't dwell with them anymore. He told them, he said, I'm putting you out of the garden. And then the Bible says that God put an angel at the entrance of the garden to guard the tree of life because Adam had not eaten of that tree yet. And God did not want him to live forever in the sin that he was in. And so... Now, I, I told you all of that to give you a foundation because I want you to see something here. Um, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, of course, we've already read you the verse. It says, a man has to be born again or he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if any man be not with Christ, but in Christ, he is a new creation. King James says new creature, but the original literally says creation. All things pass away. Behold, he says. This means you need to take notice. Behold, all things are become new. So what the Lord is declaring here, he says, when a man is born again, Everything from the, the past, all things of who you were, pass away or die. And he said all things become new. So I want you to really understand this. When you are born again, God is not rehabilitating you. You literally are becoming 
a new creation. And the reason that we struggle with this is because we are temporal people. We operate by our senses. So when you and I got born again, we looked in the mirror. We looked the same because we were using our natural eyesight. We couldn't see any change. God wasn't doing So when God goes back to restore, think about this. God has not created anything for 4,000 years. On the, seventh, on the sixth day, the Bible says the seventh day, he rested from his works. So God has not created anything for 4,000 years. Now he comes back and he says, I want sons and daughters that are like me. So to start that process, there's a new creation that takes place, but there cannot be a new creation unless there's a new seed. Because when Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and sin came in, the seed in Adam became corrupted. One scripture says this, that you and I are not born of corruptible seed, but we are born of incorruptible seed by the word of God. And so, um, the second time God begins to create, he does it in reverse. This is so interesting to see what God does here. He doesn't do it like he does the first time. He's not even dealing with the earth. He is only dealing with man. The first time that God creates man, he makes the body and then the Bible says he breathes into him life and man becomes a living soul. The second time that God begins to create, he reverses it. He doesn't deal with our bodies. He creates in us a new spirit. Uh, the Bible says this, that the first Adam was a living soul the second Adam was a quickening spirit, uh, quickening or an alive man, a quickening spirit. So God doesn't deal with the soul of man, which is the will, the mind, and the emotions. He's dealing with the spirit of man. He makes us brand new. The man that's on the inside, you have three men in you. You have a natural man that has a propensity to your personalities, your desires. You have an old man which has, loves the nature of the devil. And you have an inner man, hallelujah, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that inner man, the Bible says, is renewed day by day. And so God, first of all, gives us a brand new spirit. He doesn't deal with the body. Why? Because he's not interested in this physical body that you and I see in the mirror. He will give us a new body. He will finish the process, but he reverses it. Right now, he gives us a new spirit. But the Bible says in Thessalonians that, Behold, we shall be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye, and this mortal is going to upon immortality, hallelujah, and we're going to be changed into the image of Jesus Christ in the physical. So God is going to give us a new body, but he's doing it backwards from the way he did it in the, in the book of Genesis. The second thing that, that God does this time is God doesn't 
dwell with man. But the Bible says in Corinthians that he now dwells in us. That's, that's a big key because he wasn't in Adam and Eve when the devil showed up. But when you become a new, this new creation that God has done now, when Jesus hung on the cross, he now dwells in us. And that's why when sin comes to tempt us or the devil comes to attack, we don't have to wait for God to show up. The Bible says he is a present help in time of trouble because we don't have to wait for God to come and make a trip. He lives inside of us. And I think God understood for man to be able to overcome sin and be consistent, it isn't enough just for Christ to be with us in the natural. And I think the point is well made if you think about this. God <clears throat> dwelt with the disciples through the body of Jesus Christ. He lived with them. He ate with them. He slept with them. He fellowshiped with them. And yet, because he was not with them, he wasn't with Peter when Peter denied him. But can I tell you, he was in Peter after, hallelujah, he repairs this thing. And when Christ is in you, this is, this is why there's so, such power in the new birth. And it's not just speaking in tongues. That, that's part of the new birth. But having Christ in us, you literally are a brand new person. <clears throat> This is why you don't have to think in terms of, well, before I got saved, you know, I was, I was addicted to this or I had problems with that. You're a new man. The person that you are now has never been addicted to alcohol, has never had an anger issue, has never had a problem with pornography, has never fought depression. Why? because the person inside of you now is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when God looked at Adam, he told him, he said, I'm giving you uh, power. I'm giving you authority over everything. And he said, I want you to be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and take dominion over the earth. In the book of Acts, the Lord says again, he, in another way, he's speaking to the spirit creation now. He told this church, he said, you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. What the Lord was saying is, as spirit beings, we are to be fruitful. Doesn't Galatians talk about that? To bear the fruit of the spirit? We are to multiply that the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. We are to subdue, we are to take a hold of things by the Holy Ghost, and we are to have dominion. And uh, in Luke, I think it's in chapter 9, he says, I give you power and authority over all the power of the devil, and he cannot hurt you. What the Lord is doing, he is doing a new creation, but he has made changes from the first one. All things pass away. All things become new. When Adam died, we know this, he was killed by the tree. So we know that when Jesus came back, the scripture says he's the last Adam. 
course, first Adam was a, a living soul. The last Adam was a quickening spirit. God cannot have creation without seed. In the, new, in the Old Testament, Adam had the seed of God in him. For this new creation that God did in the New Testament, there had to be seed. That's why Christ came into the world. He was an incorruptible seed. The Bible said he is the first fruit of many brethren. So when Jesus comes into the world out of the womb of Mary, there is creation, hallelujah, taking place in, in the midst of Bethlehem. That's where the second creation took place. The seed of God came into the world. But it was no, this time it wasn't just a living soul. He comes out as an alive spirit. And this spirit comes with automatic power and authority. And then when Christ comes to us, he, he makes us that new creation. So Adam is killed by a tree. So the last Adam, in order to complete creation, has to come back and he has to defeat the power of the tree. So Jesus Christ, uh, I think it's in, um, I don't know if I have it. Yeah, in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead in sin should live unto righteousness. So the second Adam comes back, repeats a process, but this time not in defeat. Even though he's killed by the tree, he's incorruptible, but he's fulfilling the demands. Killed by the tree, he overpowers that, defeats the power of it, rises again the third day. Now, when Jesus rises again the third day, he's now the seed. He creates the possibilities of a new creation. Uh, a couple of things, and then we'll end today. When, when Adam sinned, the Bible said that God left man. He expelled Adam from his presence. And then the scripture says that he set an angel at the entrance of the Garden of Eden to guard the tree of life. Because man, he, he would not let man eat of the tree of life. Now, Jesus has become the tree of life. If any man will uh, drink of me, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, when we partake of Christ, he is the living, he is the tree of life. He, did, he died on the tree of knowledge of good and evil, as it were, but he resurrected and became the tree of life. He now creates a new creation that does not have sin in it. Why Adam never ate of the tree of life, I don't know. Other than maybe, I know the Bible says the tree of knowledge of good and evil was very appealing to the eyes. It was, you know, to make one wise and it was pretty to look at and, and all of those things. Maybe the tree of life just looked ordinary. But wasn't Jesus an ordinary man? The Bible says in him there was no beauty that we should desire him. What people didn't realize that in him was life. There was new creation. So Jesus Christ becomes the tree of life. So now, 
No longer do angels have to guard the tree of life because Jesus Christ is eternal. He can't be touched by the devil. So instead of guarding the tree of life, Psalms 91 says that the angels now guard the new creation. And he shall give his angels charge over you. Who are they guarding? The new birth. That's me and you. Listen, the power of the new birth that you and I have, we, I think we've, we've sold it short. You don't realize we're not of the old order. We're like Jesus. That's why 1 John 4, 17 says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. What's that mean? New birth. We have been born again. And even though we still live in a temporal body, God was more interested in making the spirit new. So you and I in this natural body can walk a triumphant life in a natural world. And when we get ready to go through the eternal world, God will say, now I'm going to give you your eternal body and we shall be changed. God bless you. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next week. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.